0: Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor. How are you, to Growth listeners? Today, I got Rod Khalif. Oh, he's a a man of many hats. I've used it before, but I'm going to use it again. He's the founder of Tiny Hands Foundation, author, philanthropist um, has on podcasts, um, accumulated a wide variety of real estate. The list probably goes on and on. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to let Rod. Thank you for not reading that
1: whole damn bio. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, I'll go on shows and they'll sit there and read it word for word and I want to shoot myself. Anyway, thanks for having me on brother. I, I love that intro by the way. That was really cool. That that does dynamic. Um, yeah. So, so, um, let me take a minute, uh, if that's what you're asking, and just tell my story yeah, a little right. bit. Uh, I think I think um, I think going back a ways will add some pre frame to what we can talk about, uh, if you'd like today. You know, so I I immigrated to this country when I was six years old. My brother Albert, my mother Zvancha. I was born in the Netherlands. You know, Holland. Think wooden shoes, windmills. Um, ended up in Denver, Colorado, and we really struggled when we uh, when we got there. I mean, I remember. You know, we ate expired food because that was what my mom bought. It was cheaper, a lot cheaper. Uh, we, we drank powdered milk with our cereal in the morning because it was cheaper than real milk. I remember wearing clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school where I lied about my age when I was 14 because I was tall and got a job at Burger King. You know, and, and, and I, I know, listen, you may maybe you're listening or watching and you had it harder than I did or have it harder now even with all this COVID crap going on. But back then, I knew I wanted more. And luckily my mom had an incredible work ethic. So she babysat kids so we'd have enough money to eat. And with her babysitting money, she was a bit of an entrepreneur. She actually invested in the stock market and made money. Uh, but she also got into real estate. And the first house she bought was right across the street from ours. Um, she bought it from a neighbor and she paid $30,000 for it about when I was 14. And then, um, when I was seventeen, she told me she made twenty thousand dollars in her sleep. That she that had gone up in value that much, just over for no you know no effort of her own. I'm like, what? Screw, screw uh, college, mom. I'm getting into real estate. So you know, I got my real estate broker's license right when I turned eighteen. Back then, uh, you could actually do it with education. You know, I wasn't just an agent; I was a broker. They got smart now. You need some experience before you can be a broker. But I was a broker right when I turned eighteen, and I was going to be you know rich doing that business and. And my first year in real estate, uh, I made about eight dollars to $10,000. This is 1978. My second year, maybe ten dollars to $12,000. But my third year, I made over $100,000. So what happened between year two and year three that caused me to 10x my income? Well, what happened was I met a guy that taught me about the, the importance of mindset and psychology towards your success, how truly 80 to 90% of your success in anything is your mindset and your psychology. And You know, Fast forward to today, I've owned a couple thousand houses that I've rented long-term. I've owned thousands of apartment units. I've built 27 businesses. Um, Several have been worth tens of millions of dollars. Um, I don't call my failures failures. I call them seminars because that's what they are. They're only a failure if you don't get back up or you don't get the lesson. Well, so most of my businesses uh, that I built, and all these were built from scratch, most of them were spectacular flaming seminars. But like we were talking about before we started recording, we fail our way to success. Uh, I remember um, I was in a mastermind. I, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of continuing to learn and grow uh, way beyond college. That actually your education starts after college, um, unless it's a technical skill, you know, like a dentist or architect or, you know, something like that. But but doctor, but um, but anyway, uh, and I completely lost my train of thought where I was going with that. But um. We 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 oh we fail our way to success and and um, I I was in a mastermind and I met Sarah Blakely the billionaire owner of Spanx you know the women's undergarments and she told me that her dad used to ask her and her brother once a week what have you failed at this week is that an awesome freaking question to ask your kids so they don't fear failure you know again I have failed my way to success I've had you know uh, in let me let me give an example in 2006, I had 800 houses and multiple apartment complexes. And my net worth in 2006 went up $17 million while I slept. Okay. And, and, and you're thinking, wow, that's impressive. And, and of course I thought so as well. And I, uh, if you do the math on that, it's like $8,300 an hour over a 40 hour work week, which of course I did. And, you know, anybody that holds still long enough heard about this. And, you know, I got a head so freaking big, I could barely fit it through a door. You know, I thought I was a real estate God. Well, you know, when that happens, God of the universe will give you a nice little smack. Well, that was 2008. I lost that 17 million a lot more. I lost 50 million dollars in 2008. Yeah, you know, I lost everything. And you know and I thought I was set for life back then. And so one of the things that I enjoy talking about on my podcast and, and at my live events and so on and so forth is the mindset it took to have 50 million to lose in the first place, but then the mindset, maybe as important or even more important in some cases, to to get back to the success that I had today, the mindset it took to get back. And, uh, you know, there were people that killed themselves for losing less money in 2008 and nine, and same when the Great Depression jumped off buildings and stuff. And so, you know, I'm happy to drill down on that with you, brother, if you want to really talk about um, – you know, that, that, that mindset component, because again, I really believe it's 80 to 90% of your success in anything, you know, be it an entrepreneur, a real estate investor, whatever it is.
0: So there's a lot of things to, to take away from, uh, from that. So I'm going to just jump to the beginning. I'll kind of work our way back into okay. it. Okay. Now, so Netherlands, you went from the Netherlands here mm-hmm. at the age of six. Mm-hmm. How frequently was your mother talking to people back in the Netherlands?
1: How frequently she was she talking to people? Well, Is I mean, she, like, did she, she had family? Some- she she left her family. I mean, she 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 came over here for us, my brother and I, so we could have more. Um, and and she was kind of chasing my dad. They had separated. He he moved into he was in Boulder, Colorado, and I've never said that publicly, but you know, it's nothing to hide. Uh, but but uh, um. And so was she, I'm sure she was talking to her mom and her 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 brother in in the Netherlands on a regular basis. I don't remember I was six years old, but but yeah. I'm certain that she was. yeah why, well, because why do we, ask?
0: yeah, the reason why I ask is uh, i I usually see two sorts of of immigrants that come to the country, some that basically they leave their country and they come here to the u s and mm-hmm. they go, I'm basically this is my life, this is my world. And I'm fantastic with it. Other people, they go, they compare basically where they came from to where they are. Oh yeah,
1: no, she wasn't doing that. No, this was okay. her life, and she and she owned it. I mean, again, she was ba- we always had a house full of kids, so she was babysitting kids all the time, and um, and she invested in the stock market and made money. And this is a yes. housewife, okay? She never had any formal education, and and then again bought the house across the street, ended up buying about five houses, but you know it had a huge impact on me. So no no she she owned being an american and living here for sure. Now me, you know, I didn't speak english. I got thrown into school when I was 6 and 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 discovered what bullies were for the first time and her her being the proud dutch woman that she is, she sent me to school in wooden shoes and those leather shorts that the, Octo- that the Germans wear for Oktoberfest for show and tell. And of course I got my ass kicked again, you know, and then, and then they chased the bullies would chased me home and she chased them off with a fly sweater. So I got my ass kicked again. And so, you know, I, I, uh, I, uh, I, you know, had a lot of lessons back then uh, from being an immigrant. So,
0: yeah. Do you, do you think like, how did that play
1: a factor into, to your life? Did you, was it? A oh yeah. Good question. Go about- Good question. Yeah. That, 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 that was a huge impact. And what it did was, you know, and that coupled with the, the bullies coupled with a playground incident that happened to me, you know, I was on a playground and I was like in, I don't know, sixth, seventh grade. And, and I was, and I thought I was in love with this girl and, and um you know, her name was Carolyn and, and I and I made the friend made the mistake of telling my friend Becky that I had that I liked Carolyn. That's what it was back then. You like somebody, right? And and of course she told Carolyn, and I see I'm out on the playground dancing around because I'm in love. And I'd never even talked to her or looked her in the face. But I see Carolyn coming towards me with what felt like half the school. It was probably about 10 kids or 15 kids. And she comes up to me and she says, Do you like mustard? And of course I'd have said yes to anything. I said, Yeah, I like mustard. She said, Well, I hate mustard and I hate you. And then everybody laughed, okay? And And, and it was devastating to me. I mean, we've all had this stupid shit happen when we were kids, but, but that coupled with the bullies caused me to create a question that I asked myself, which was, how can I show them I'm good enough? Which presupposed what? That I wasn't, right? And, and so, you know, but that, that question had a double-edged sword. It caused me to, you know, to be a big success because I had to prove that I was good enough. Right. And so, you know, it, it really drove me, but it also cost me my first family. So. You know, uh, you know, and a lot of people have those disempowering questions that they ask themselves, these limiting beliefs. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not old enough. I'm not young enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not analytical enough. And there's a reason that the acronym for belief systems is BS because 99% of them are BS, but they, you know, we've had, you know, emotional things happen to us in our childhood that, that we place a lot of emotional weight on. So we believe they're real, but they're not. And so if you're listening or watching and you've got something like that, you know, take it out into the daylight, look at it with your adult rational mind and recognize that it's BS, you know, and, when, and, and you, can, you can kill it. And I was able to kill that, you know, I mean, I wouldn't raise my hand in class. I was so afraid of being humiliated or embarrassed. Now I speak in front of thousands of people a year and, and I'm, I have no fear about it at all because what I did was I'd, I'd pull that fear out into the daylight I'd look at it. I'd recognize that it was BS. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. But if you do it consciously and pull that out, look at it, you know, that you feel like you're not enough or whatever, you'll recognize it's BS and it will ultimately diminish. But it takes doing it over and over again to do it. Um, So, anyway. Do you 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 remember
0: when that time was when you transitioned from I'm proving them wrong to no, I don't need to prove anyone wrong. I'm who I am?
1: Yeah. Well, well. It wasn't proving them wrong; it was just showing them that I'm enough. Okay, and so it, it, it actually that's not true. <laughs> actually, that's not true. Yeah, this you you ask great fucking questions, dude. <laughs> I'm, I mean, seriously, I'm loving this. You you go deep, and and you know what it was? I will tell you. For twenty years, it was going to my twenty year reunion, and 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 really like, hey, holy cow, what happened with him? And and it was funny. I went to my ten year. And they announced, you know, we're going to have Rod Khleif pay for the 20 years. So I was already well on the way. I was, you know, it made me feel good. But, but, um, you know, that drove me. And that's and it's a negative driver, honestly. But, I mean, it it worked, but it was a negative driver. And I think a lot of people have it. But more people have these other ones that I described that that are really diminishing, that that don't have that, that reverse where that actually drives them to success, you know, that I was lucky enough to have. Um, But I will tell you, I'll say this to you. My greatest regret in life was, you know, I built this $8 million mansion on the beach, okay? I I mean, the space was spectacular. I owned the beach on one side. I had my boathouses on the backside. And please know... All these—if I describe some of these things, it's not me bragging. These things just don't even drive me anymore. But I want to inspire your listeners, and and that's why I'll bring some of these things up. You know, the cars and the stupid shit. You know, the Lamborghinis, the Rolls Royce, the Bentley, the stuff that I thought was important at one time. But, but so I built this house on the beach to prove the world I was good enough, right? And and I, I used to call it, you know, after I realized this is what I was doing, I called it the testament to my ego. Well. Um, I would come home every night and I would play with my kids, but this is the great, going back to the greatest regret I've ever had. I I, I would play with my kids, but I wasn't there mentally. I wasn't present. It's the biggest regret to my to, to this day. Now, my kids will tell you I was a great dad, but I didn't live up to my own expectations. And so one of the things that I do with my students is we spend a lot of time on this, focus, you know, making sure that when you're with the people that matter, you are present, okay? That the phone goes in the freaking drawer, or whatever, that you're present, you know, to avoid having that kind of regret. Uh, but you asked the question when I had that epiphany. And, and I will tell you, it was kind of gradual. Okay. It didn't happen all at once. It was kind of gradual where, um, um, well, I will tell you about an epiphany though. I will tell you, I, I will say this. Um, and, and, and it ties into, you know, I, I, one of the things that, That I do at my live events is the first thing we do is a goal setting workshop because, like Napoleon Hill talks about in his book, Think and Grow Rich, to do anything, you've got to have a burning desire to push through those limiting beliefs, like the ones we've been describing, to push through the fear or to get uncomfortable. You know, a lot of people are comfortable and the comfort zone's a a warm place, but nothing freaking grows there, right? And so, you know, one of the first things we do is a goal setting workshop. And Uh, and in the first hour and 15 minutes, and by the way, if if you don't mind, let me do a shout out. I'm doing a, if you have any interest in multifamily, uh, if you don't, it's cool. But if you do, I'm doing my first live event in two years. Uh, I'm super excited because I've had to go virtual. I've had thousands of people, you know, go to my virtual ones, but I'm doing a live event, December 3rd, 4th, and 5th in Orlando. And if you're interested you can, um, uh, I'll give you, I'll let you come for half price. And I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer because it's not some big sales pitch. I spend maybe, in these three days, I spend maybe 40 minutes talking about my coaching. That's it. The rest of it's all content. But, you know, um, if you text the word Rod in Orlando to 72345, it's a direct link. So that one word, Rod in Orlando to 72345, or you go to rodinorlando.com, but remember this, use the code RODFRIEND and you can come for 197 bucks. I mean, it's truly a duh if you're interested in real estate. And you may not be interested in real estate, but you know, um I host the largest commercial real estate podcast now in the world. Uh, we're well over 11 million downloads. Again, it's not ego; just it is what it is. Um, and um, but even if you're not interested in real estate, if you want to be an entrepreneur, build a business, whatever, I do these little clips called "Own Your Power," and they're motivational clips with music. Now, I didn't always do them with music. Now I do them with music, and they're really powerful. So I hope you'll check it out. It's called "Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing." and those clips are 5 minutes and and if you want me to you want to get juiced you're feeling a little down go listen to one of those there's hundreds of them there and i promise you i'll juice you so uh, I, it's one of my passions is to talk about you know self actualization and growth and that's why i'm loving your questions vinny because they're much deeper than i've ever gotten frankly on a podcast so uh, i salute you but um but anyway i'll get off my podium. No i know
0: you, you <laughs> love the energy it's, it's, yeah. it's fantastic now yeah. you talked about um, the third year in the real estate business, right?
1: You had- a- a I'm sorry, mid- the third year? Oh, the third year, yeah. So so I met a guy, yeah. I was dating his daughter and uh, he taught me about mindset and psychology and the importance of it, that really it's 80 to 90% of your success in, in really anything. Only 10 to 20% is the mechanical knowledge. If it was just the knowledge, there'd be a bunch of wealthy librarians and college professors out there, right? You've got to actually take action with what you learn, which is why my boot camp, for example, you know, I spend probably, well, I spend a, a good bit of time on taking action with it, which is, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of something. You can see on the wall behind me, I've got hundreds of thank you cards from from people. I've been teaching about well under four years, somewhere between three and a half and four years. And my students that I know of now own forty six thousand doors. These are just my coaching students, not even the boot camp students. So I'm really proud of that, and 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 it's because I I they actually take action with what they learn. And so, again, I got that first from that guy that I worked for. Then after that, I spent a lot of time following Tony Robbins around the planet. And, of course, he's the best in the world at that stuff. And, um, yeah, there you go.
0: So I know there was a lot of uh, negativity, I guess, towards you at a young age, right? And you're probably in kind of a lower spot because you weren't doing as great in the first two years in the business. What allowed you, I guess, to listen to someone else in that third year? To, I mean
1: to give. Well, well, me I don't. Response. I wouldn't say that I had a lot of negativity against. Well, me. I mean, more so, I, it was like perceived. It was perceived negative. that way. Yes. Negative. Yeah, it was my view that 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 people didn't like me, and and yeah. that, that that one incident with that insecure little girl that was just insecure. That's it. That's why she had to prove herself and and try to humiliate me. Um. But but yeah, that perception was there. Now, what caused me to listen was you know, I grew up without much money and, and I was dating his daughter and he, they had a three car garage. I'd never seen three car garage. He had two Corvettes. He had, they had a pool in their backyard, snowmobiles. I'd never seen any of this stuff before. And I'm like, and I, and I got a taste of, you know, being over at their house. I got a taste of that. I'm like, man, I want this. Okay. So I saw what was possible and I'll, I'll give you an example, by the way, you know, we, t- you know, we talk about goals and, And he let me drive that Corvette. And at the time, I had this four-door Ford Granada because I figured I had to have a four-door car to sell other people houses, you know, and show them houses and stuff. This thing was a piece of crap. Bench seat in the front. I mean, just a piece of crap. But he let me drive his Corvette. I'm like, oh, good God, this is freaking awesome. So I got a picture out of a magazine. The internet hadn't been thought of yet. Got a picture out of a magazine. Put it on the visor of that Granada. Within a year or two, I had a Corvette, beautiful Corvette. I'll give you a couple more examples because this is powerful. Um... Uh, This was back when the TV show Magnum PI was out. This was before you were born, but this the actor's name was Tom Selleck, and he was a mustache. Yeah, mustache guy exactly. And and he drove a Ferrari 308. He was a detective. It's the first time I saw an exotic car, and I'm like, holy shit, this thing was amazing. So I got a picture of that actual car put it on the visor of my corvette within a year or two I had a Maserati look just like it last example and please know I'm not bragging here okay this stuff doesn't even interest me anymore but but I want to inspire you to use this to get what you want okay you see see on the floor there you see the vision board right there some of the pictures are missing but there's a there's vision boards right there because I use these cuz this this is how I had 50 million to lose so if you're sitting here going come on let's talk real estate or entrepreneurship or business this is more important okay trust me on this so so anyway I, I got to pick, uh, this is back then when I, I got the Maserati again, looked like, like Tom Selleck's car, but then I always wanted a Lamborghini. So I, I had posters in my bedrooms of Lamborghinis when I was growing up and stuff. And my, what's interesting is my son had, uh, models of exotic cars when he was nine years old and he had like 30 or 40 of them, you know, Ferraris and McLarens and everything. And he had a model, of the exact same color and style Lamborghini that I ended up getting Uh, which I wrecked. But but this picture's work, okay? In fact, let me show you something. Here's my planner. It's on today, October 14th. Yes, I'm a dinosaur. I use a paper planner. I'm flying out today, so it's not very busy. But, But in the back of this thing, I've got pictures that have been in here for 20 freaking years, okay? This used to be called a day timer. Now, it's a Franklin Cubby planner. Luckily, the hole's lined up. But in the back of here, These are my gratitude pictures, okay? These have been in here for over 20 years. These are pictures of my kids when they were young. Everything starts from a place of gratitude, guys, okay? Um, This is how you manifest everything you want in your life, through gratitude. So i got the gratitude pictures. Then I've got pictures of the stuff that I want. I told you about that house I built on the beach. It looked just like this picture, the 10-foot high glass, butt together, travertine floors. It's before I built it, okay? This picture, now I lost that house in all the craziness. Now I live in a compound. I've got six buildings. I've got a big main house here. In fact, they're out there putting a, another propane tank. I've got a whole house generator going in right now while we speak. So I'm glad the noise isn't too bad. But, but I live in a compound. I've got a big main house. I've got a beautiful two-bedroom guest house on the water. I've got a media building with a video studio we created on the top floor, theater room below, a big exercise facility, on and on. I mean, this place, is, the compound is spectacular. And Uh, and because God's got a sense of humor, I can look out my backyard and my old house that I I lost in all the craziness. The mansion on the beach is literally right across the bay from me. It's right out my backyard. (laughs) It's kind of funny, but, but what's interesting is look at these pictures. You can see them, see the white walls in both those pictures there. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is my backyard. Oh, you can't see the ah crap. You can't see it. Usually I have the backdrop. I've got a green screen on zoom. And I've got a picture of my backyard and that wall, the wall right there is right in there. It's funny. I'm so used to doing this with that. (laughs) that You can't see it. But then I've got, you know, stupid shit like watches. I got a few hundred thousand dollars worth of watches. You know, um, there's the Lamborghini before I ever got it. The Rolls, the Bentley, Again, all this stuff that I got because I had pictures. So get the pictures, put them around you. You could see around, you could, you'd see pictures on the walls behind me. You can kind of see, you can see there's a yacht picture back there in the corner. I do that. I like, like back in February of last year, I went to the Miami Yacht Show and I BS'd my way on these 150 foot yachts. I sat in the captain's chair. I felt like I owned the place. I walked around like I owned it. Why? Because it freaking works. So anyway, I'll get off my soapbox, but, but this is how I was able to get what I have and to recover from losing everything to what I have now by doing these strategies.
0: No, I mean, if, I mean, I think anyone listening right now is getting excitement. If you have a magazine, I know you probably don't get magazines, but if you have a magazine right now, cut it out, start looking at stuff that you like and put it up. Right. That's right, Get the Rob
1: report. Thing. I just got one a couple of days ago. It's got all kinds of cool stuff in it. You can see my vision boards on the floor there. I've got four, three or four of them there. I sit in that recliner right there. And what I'll do is I'll close my eyes for about two minutes, and I'll just do gratitude for what I have in my life. My amazing, beautiful wife, spectacularly beautiful physically, but also on the inside, my kids, my coaching students, you know, my foundation. Um, and I'll just do gratitude. I'll just be grateful. But then I'll look at those vision boards for the things that I want and do gratitude as if I already have them. Now, this sounds goofy, but I'll sometimes get emotional being grateful for things I don't even have yet. Why? Because it freaking works. So trust me on this, guys. This is how this is how you make it happen. I know it sounds airy fairy and all that, and especially to you analytical ones. But trust me, um, it absolutely works. That's how I did it. I
0: actually was did a um, a mastermind right before this podcast. We did mm-hmm. uh, uh, NLP about the mindset. Oh yeah, neuro linguistic like programming. Love it. And and, and I was uh, uh, talking about it how before I learned about NLP, I, my I have three sisters and two of my sisters. Uh, we're telling me about that. I go, oh my gosh, they're part of a cult. That's that's that's, that's just. So I crazy. didn't hear
1: the last thing you said. What did you? What did you I, say? I,
0: I, when they told me about the NLP that kind of stuff, I go, oh, right? they're in a cult.
1: Oh, in a cult. Yeah, 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 <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, really yeah. You Like, oh my gosh, I was just close-minded about it, but it's so it's so true. I, I I totally believe what you say. The things you vision, things like that, make a world of difference. So I know I appreciate that. Hopefully, everyone listening yeah. does the same. Now you talked about you built kind of your your empire. Uh, uh, of properties, right? And then it kind of went up in value. So how often, because something that I always talk to people that are, are buying or selling, right? It really doesn't matter what your property has gone up in value unless you're going to use the equity or sell the property. So are you constantly or often looking at your, uh, your empire, your estates and going, okay, here are the values of all these properties. This is how I'm, I've gone up or was it just in those moments?
1: No. In fact, in fact, I've got a book, that I give away for free. Uh, you pay the shipping, you get it for free, and you get a lot of cool stuff with it. Uh, it's a bestseller in three categories. I wouldn't even, I'd hardly ever bring this up anymore. But see the subtitle. It's called How to Create Lifetime Cash Flow for Multifamily Properties. But see the subtitle, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing? The new rules being forget equity, forget value. It's all about cash flow, period. Okay. And, um, you know, the reason I crashed and burned in 2008, I was at a 30% loan to value. Okay. OK, I only owed 30 cents on the dollar and I still crashed and burned. Here's why. Um, I had 800 houses, two hours north of me, two hours south of me, everywhere in between. also had several apartment complexes. It was the houses that pulled me down. Here's how it happened. Well, first of all, me back up. Florida has no state income tax. So property taxes are much higher. Also, I had properties in wind and flood zones. So they had wind and flood insurance, which all both those things impact what? Cash flow, right? But here's what killed me. If I had a maintenance issue at one of my apartment complexes, everything's the same. Plumbing parts are the same, HVAC, you know, appliance parts, windows, locks, everything's the same. So you can stockpile parts, send a maintenance guy, he's in and out in an hour. Well, if I had to send somebody to one of my properties that's an hour, hour and a half away, they'd have to go see what's wrong. Then they'd have to go find a Home Depot or a Lowe's where we have an account, which could be another hour round trip. And I don't know about you, Vinny, but anytime I freaking try to fix something, I end up going to Home Depot or Lowe's more than once. And, and same thing happens with maintenance guys. And you know what took an hour, one of my apartment complexes took all day at one of these houses and I had 800 of them and they were C-class houses. And that asset class and C-caliber property has a lot more maintenance than an A and B property, as you know. And so that the maintenance just killed me. But then the the final coup de gras, as it were, was, you know, I didn't pay attention to demographics back then. I didn't, you know, if they had the money to pay the rent and they had good credit, I didn't care. But a lot of my uh, residents were contractors, plumbers, electricians, drywallers, painters, roofers, which fell off a freaking cliff in 2008 and nine. So they didn't have work. And so, you know, and then what's really crazy, I told you I was a 30% loan to value. My portfolio actually went upside down. The market values plummeted more than 70% here in my portfolio, which is just, and then I was like, man, I'm done. Yeah. Put a fork in me. So it was painful, very freaking painful. But, uh, if I could have held on, you know, uh, would have, that, that portfolio would be worth a hundred million today. But, um, I couldn't, and so it is what it is, but it was all about cash flow okay so they
0: weren't they weren't any kind of adjustables they were fixed it was just the- no, they were they were
1: good they were good loans they were not adjustable I was not over leveraged none of that it was just part the big part with the houses was the logistics of it I was too spread out um so so there were, that that was one of the big things the fact that it was in Florida wind and flood higher taxes houses are hard to cash flow single-family houses they just are they don't cash flow like multi-family uh, they just don't if I in fact my multifamily pulled back maybe around 11 percent easily would have survived But me and my brilliance at the time to save 50 basis points, which is half a percent interest, you know, or, or, you know, thereabouts, I would refinance and put packages of houses with my multifamily with local or regional banks here. And so the whole thing, you know, crashed and burned. But, you know, the lesson was and the reason I started my podcast was to tell people. And in fact, I used to tell people when, when you listen to the first few episodes, I, I say, I'll never sell you anything. I just want to add value and explain what happened to me and why I lost everything. So you don't make the same mistake. Now I'm a liar. Cause I, you know, I've got courses and coaching and I've got, you know, over a thousand students <laughs> that, that are killing it. Um, uh, but, but anyway, um, um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, but that's why I started the podcast was to give that message. If you're going to buy and hold, for God's sakes, do multifamily. Don't do single family. Just for a lot of reasons, you you scale faster, logistically easier. Um, you know, um, management is easier, um, and for and just just all kinds of reasons why I prefer multifamily to single family f- to buy and hold. So,
0: what um, I mean at that moment when you realize that you had to get rid of those properties because you're just I mean the, the the, cash flow wasn't
1: there well the cash what? flow wasn't there it wasn't the cap yeah I, I didn't I couldn't feed it okay yeah. and so yeah
0: so the cash flow wasn't there what was that mindset going through it was it very analytical saying hey you know what I need to do this because I, I know where I want to be in the next couple of no, years it was, it was
1: very fear based okay it was okay. very fear based I was in fear for sure and and I will tell you You know, when that happens, it's very easy to get paralyzed. And I did for a short while. Now, luckily, you know, I was around an incredible peer group. And I got to tell you guys, show me your three best friends. I'll show you who you are. Okay. Because you become who you hang out with. And you know this, you've heard it. You are the five people you hang out with. Absolutely the truth. Now, luckily, I was in Tony Robbins Platinum Partnership. So I was around people that were actually thriving through that crash. People were telling me, hey, quit whining. Get off your ass. Go make it happen. You know, focus on what you want, not what you don't want, and and that's a big thing too, guys. You know, if you're if you're watching this or listening to this uh, with Vinny, um, you're a leader, and as a leader, right now. It is so critical to manage your focus. I mean, don't get caught up in the fake news or all the other crap that they don't get me started on the politics going on right now. Don't get caught up in that because it's negative. And whatever you focus on gets larger, both positive or negative. So stand guard at the door to your mind and only bring in the good stuff. Like I said, I've got my own your power clips on my podcast. Those will juice you. Go on YouTube University. You're on YouTube now, many of you, and 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 bring in the motivational content. I love watching the soldiers coming home to families i get emotional watching that stuff or stars surprising fans and just to see that emotion i love feeling that emotion and and there's so many motivational clips on there bring in that stuff don't don't you know avoid the news avoid you know you need to stay on top of stuff but don't get sucked into it um because focus is so freaking important. We actually connect through negativity. You know, like Vinny, if you can, you wouldn't, cause you're evolved, but most, let's say you came up to me and said, Hey Rod, how you doing? I said, Oh my God, man, I am freaking amazing. Life is so awesome. Most, you wouldn't, but most people would step back and say, okay, Rod's off his meds. Okay. But, 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 you know, most people came up to you and said, "How you doing?" And you said, "Oh God, my back's freaking killing me. I'm struggling at work." They put their arm around you. Oh, I feel you, brother. I feel you. We connect through negativity, so be conscious of that as well, uh, and 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 really manage your focus. Uh, it's so important because the world needs leaders right now. Well, I think I think
0: if. If I knew the person and they constantly, were – and I asked them hey, how are you doing, and they said I'm doing good, doing good, and then one day they came, oh my gosh, fantastic! It would take a step back, and I'd be like, all right, wait, what's going, what's going on with Rod over here? Something <laughs> changed. Are you good?
1: you know what? As you say it, so shall it be. So I try to say I'm fantastic. I try. I think I did when you when you asked me how I was doing when we came, we first came on before you started recording. Uh, okay. You know, because as you say it, so shall it be, right? Even if you're not feeling it, you say it, you feel it. Your brain, your brain's listening, right? This is why it's so important to pay attention to the questions you're asking yourself. Like that horrible question I was asking, how can I show them I'm good enough? You know, my new one is, 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 is to, is to share the purpose of my life, which is to radiate my incredible love and joy to myself and others. That's, that's my, that's my new one, you know, that I, that I created. And so, you know, be very careful what you say to yourself and how you identify yourself as you. One of the exercises we do at my boot camps is we do an identity exercise and, um, you know, because y- you want to craft an identity and-, and put the words I am in front of whatever it is you want to embody because there's no greater force and those words, those words, I am, are an identity statement. And there's no greater force in the human psychology than the need to be consistent with how we identify ourselves. So one of the things you do in my boot camps, you'll create an identity statement. Here, I'll give you mine. Now, now, please know this is not ego. This is aspirational for me. So let me preframe this. So I, Rod Cleef, am a magnificent, amazing, passionate gift from God. I'm an incredible father. I'm an inspiring leader. I'm a loving billionaire. And I'm an amazing husband that puts smiles on the faces of children inspires others to excellence and rocks the world. I have incanted that thousands of times where it gets into the fiber of my being, okay? Because it freaking works. I've got I am statements on my wall here. I am success. I am, uh, I'm the best in the world at what I do. I'm a business genius, not because it's ego. It's what I'm aspiring to be. And so, you know, use I am statements. They're very, very powerful. Where do you get your energy from? loving what I do. Okay. I mean, you saw the cards on the wall behind me. Now this again is not ego. I just, I don't want to preframe this because it sometimes comes off that way and it's not, but I get love at least on an average 10 times a day. I, I got a gift basket today. I, I, I get handwritten cards. I get DMS. I get emails. You changed my life you know, I'm so happy, you know, I'm so glad I found you and I'm loving the content and just stuff like that. And I mean, I'm addicted to it, dude. I mean, that's why my wife puts up with me work this Sunday. I got to shoot video on Sunday and she puts up with it because she sees how much I love this stuff. And I mean, what, what's not to love, right? And I'm sure you get that feedback as well, buddy. I'm sure you do from your show here. You get that kind of stuff and, and and it's addicting. And, and, um, and that's where I get my passion from. And I truly love this. I, I love, you know the emotion of it. Um, you know I, I I love the 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 goodwill seeing my students succeed. Like I, you know, they're 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 incredibly successful. Many 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 of them are moving, they've retired from their jobs and I just I freaking love it, man. I mean I just do. That's just it.
0: I know you ventured into philanthropy, giving back. Um,
1: let me talk then, about that. Do you mind, d- 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 without and, you preframing it, let me, let me say yeah. something. Because, you know, I talked about the goal because I, I want to give the story because it's an awesome epiphany moment that I think your, your viewers and listeners really appreciate. So I tell this, you know, I talk about goal setting, right? How, how important goals are to get what you want. You've got to have that burning desire. You've got to find out what it is you want. You've got to know why you want it. By the way, if you are not interested in real estate, if you DM me on any social channel, I'm even on freaking TikTok now. I couldn't spell TikTok 30 days ago, but I'm even on there. And I went viral. I got video did a 280,000 views and lots of them are under around 80, 90 views, 80,000, 90,000 views. But anyway, if you DM me on any social channel and say, send me your goal setting link. I did a goal setting workshop on January 2nd on my Rod Khleif official Facebook page. And I, I have music. I have this, um, see if I got it here. I have this. Uh, yeah, I've got this goal setting guide you can download. And I guide you through my goal setting workshops. It's like goal setting on steroids. Because how the hell are you going to get something if you don't know what it is, right? And you've got to determine that why that's going to push you. So if you ping me, I'll send you the link. Even if you're not interested in real estate, I know you really enjoy that. But where was I going with this? I lost my train of thought. What, was the, what did I say right before then? I forgot. I'm totally... Oh, oh the philanthropy. So... So, so, um, so goals are important, but this, this is, this ties into goals. So, so listen up. So I told you about that house I built on the beach. Okay. You know, I lived in Denver. I knew I wanted to live on the beach. I visualized the palm trees and the surf and the sand and, and, you know, of course, bikinis, I'm a guy. And, and, and I, and, and it took me 20 years to build that place on the beach. And two months after I moved in, let me describe this place to you. Okay. Just, just to give you some context, 8,000 square feet. Gulf to Bay, like I said, I had the beach on one side, boathouses on the back side, just spectacular. Uh, elevator, wine cellar, giant waterfall from the second floor, balcony into the pool. You had to walk through the waterfall to get into the pool. Pools and magazines. Um, spiral, big giant spiral staircase up through the middle of the house. I'll, I'll finish with this. On the second floor, I had aquariums that wrapped around the spiral staircase. It cost me almost 200 grand. So it gives you an idea of the house. So two months after I moved in, I'm floating in the pool at night, okay? The pool's changing colors. It's got fiber optic lighting. And I'm looking up at this testament to my ego, which is really what it was. Uh, I built it to prove the world I was good enough. And I got depressed. Now, keep in mind, I'd worked for this thing for 20 freaking years, okay? Two months after I moved in, I got depressed. I'm like, what the hell? I've just achieved success like times a thousand societal standards. I mean, I had the Mercedes and the cars in the garage. I had the boats, the jet skis. I mean, a beautiful family in the house. And I was depressed and when I looked back on it, I realized there were several things going on. First one is you should never achieve a big goal. This ties into goals. Never achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up behind it. Like the good book says, without a vision the people perish. You need a vision for the future and I didn't know what I was going to do next. So That's number one. Number two is, and I teach this in my boot camp as well, Is and I teach this weekly planning process where one of the pieces is you've got to celebrate your progress because the happiness doesn't come from the goals. The happiness comes from progress and growth, but you've got to acknowledge that progress and growth. And at that point, I didn't know what I was going to do next. So there was no progress or growth. So that was piece two. But the third piece was the big one. I had been totally focused on Rod. Show the world I'm good enough. Show the world I matter. Rod, Rod, Rod. Rod, me, me, me. Well, um. One of the things I did to get back, you know, I wasn't going to go lay on a couch, not, although I, I'm a proponent for therapy. I wasn't going to do it at that time. And, um, and I, um, so I went out and bought a bunch of books. I got, you know, Dale Carnegie, Napoleon Hill, Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins. And I started reading Tony's book. I'm like, man, I really like this guy. So I went and saw him live. This is 20 21 years ago. And I saw that he fed families for the holidays and I'm like, hmm, what a concept. Do something for someone else. I t- I'm embarrassed to say I had to be 40 to get that memo. But uh, so I went back, and I called my brother who lived in Denver, and I was going to be there for Thanksgiving. I said, dude, let's let's feed five families for for Thanksgiving. Let's have fun one day and do that. So we went to his church. I flew to Denver for Thanksgiving. I was living here in Florida, and I flew to Denver and went to his church and said, who really needs help? And they gave us five families. We went and bought food. We got toys for the kids. We got frozen turkeys. We, I mean, we really did it up. and had a lot of fun just buying the stuff. But the third family changed my life. We go up to this house, and it wasn't even a house. It was like a fourplex, a row of, of units, and it was it was this old 1800-built row house is really what it was, where you walk into the living room of this, of this unit. You walk through the bedroom to k- the kitchen, which has the bathroom off it. So it's not even a one-bedroom. It's a shitty one-bedroom. There's a woman there with five kids. And her husband had left her and she comes out, she sees all this stuff on the porch, the food and the toys, and she starts crying and her kids come out and the older ones start crying and I start crying and I'm freaking hooked. And I'm blessed to say, uh, Vinnie, that in the last 20 plus years, we have fed over hundred thousand kids here in Sarasota, Bradenton and Tampa for the holidays. We do it for Christmas sometimes, sometimes for Thanksgiving. We've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies to local kids That, you know, it's astounding we live in the greatest country on earth and they don't have the freaking basic supplies they need for school. Um, We've done tens of thousands of teddy bears to local police departments for their officers to put in their vehicles if they encounter a child that's been traumatized. It's been the greatest gift in life. And please know I'm not bragging again here. Don't think you have to do anything this grandiose. But I'm here to tell you, if you're watching Vinny, you might be very, I know you've got people that are young, that have blood dripping from their teeth, that want success so freaking bad, and I get it. I feel you, and I know, but I'm here to tell you, if you're not giving back, you need to start immediately. Don't say, I'll do it when I have money. Do it right freaking now, and I'm going to tell you why. So, but first, let me say this. Pick a cause. Uh, I don't care if it's kids, elderly, animals, the environment, doesn't matter what it is. Whatever you're passionate about, do something right now, even if it's just giving your time. Why? Because in this society, we've been taught to achieve to be happy. But if you are giving back, you are happily achieving. You get to play on words. It's an important play on words. So pick a cause. And not only this, those of you that don't have much yet, you're going to get it faster. If you give back right now, you're going to get it faster. And you don't do it for that reason. But I promise you it'll come faster. And I, again, I had to be freaking 40, 40 years old with an $8 million mansion on the beach to get that memo. Don't wait that long, man. I would have gotten there much faster if I had given back sooner. So anyway.
0: And if you need a place to give back, go to my website, the We're actually doing a, an event for the holidays uh, to give back. One of my team members is actually uh, really involved in some nonprofits. So she does that part-time and part-time with uh, with us, uh, the EnriquezGroup.com. Love it. Um, well, if we're talking, Rod, in, let's say, five years from now, where is Rod going to be? Where are your nonprofits going to be? Where is your business
1: going to be. Well, uh, start with with a nonprofit, actually one of the you, that that you can't see it here very well, but you see that, that that I've lost some of the pictures on that vision board. You can see those are Latin American kids. One of the things that I want to do, uh, so let me rephrase that. One of the things I'm going to do is build self-sustaining schools in Latin America. Now, what I'm talking about is a school that 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 has its own infrastructure, like maybe an IT infrastructure we put in computers, computer room where people can, where, where these students can learn and add value online and generate income. Or we buy enough land where there's an agricultural infrastructure that actually supports the school and the surrounding community. So that's one of my big goals. Um the, uh, uh, you know, my, will have thousands more students. I mean, this, the, my, my warrior mentorship program has gotten a life of its own. I mean, it's the most incredible group of people I've ever joined. And we don't let everybody in. If I get a hint of ego or narcissism, they're not in. And, and, uh, I mean, like I said, my students that we know of the have over 46,000 doors, um, which is just, a st- I mean, it was my, I'm super freaking proud of that. So there'll be a lot more of that. Now, I'm buying as well. We just closed on a 296 unit. I, I bought, what, 2,600 doors with my students in the last two and a half years, something like that. But, you know, so I'll have triple that number in five – or quadruple that number in five years. Um, but, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. If, if
0: someone want, is listening right now and they just love your excitement, what you have to offer, and they want to be one of your students, what's the best way of them following you? Well, yeah. yeah.
1: there. So there are several things. Come to my boot camp if you can, rodinorlando.com or, um, or go, you know, text rodinorlando's one word is seven two three four five. If you want to just find out more about me, go to Real Estate with Rod. My, it's my website, Rod Cleef, but nobody can spell my name. So realestate with Rod.com. I've got free books, free resources, free, you know, my podcast, you know, um, I'm really proud of that. Like I said, it's over 11 million downloads, and um, and I've got you know I interview guests like you interviewing here, and and uh, you know big hitters in the multifamily space, and people are just starting as well. And and I do those on your power clips, but it's called lifetime cash flow through real estate investing. Um, really proud of that. Let's see, real estate with Rod, the boot camp. Yeah, that's probably enough. Yeah. Um, if you go to the if you go to the website, I, you can get a free copy of my book. It's like seven bucks. To, comes with a companion course, comes with other courses in there and other bonuses. And for seven bucks, I mean, it's kind of a duh as well, um, just like my boot camp. Um, but, um, you know, the people in this world that are the most successful are the ones that add the most value. And that has been my primary focus, add as much value as I possibly can. For example, here's some of the books I've written over the last, you know, couple of years just for my students. I mean, I give these away for free, okay? And there's there's a bunch of these on my website. If you follow me on social, you'll see I offer these up all the time. Um, and so, you know, if you're if you're listening, figure out how you add the most value. The, again, the most successful people on the planet are the ones that add the most value. So figure out how you add the most value. And that's my focus. I don't focus on the money. I focus on adding value, giving, giving until it hurts, and, and it always comes back a thousandfold, as you know, Vinny. You know, same for you. Well,
0: well, thank you, Rod, for being here. Hopefully everyone listening got some great nuggets. If you didn't get any lo- good nuggets, you probably weren't listening. So thank you again, they, Rod. Oh, you're dead,
1: for God's sakes, man. Come on. Wake up. I'm just, uh, kidding. I'm just kidding.
0: Well, yeah, please subscribe. Please share. In the show notes, you'll see Rod's information. Everyone, on to the next one. You can do whatever you want to do. And remember, if you fail today, learn from it and succeed tomorrow. Bye, everyone.